This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your host, Radio Joe Hughes, and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus. This week is episode 641, and we welcome Chris Howes. He's the April Air Senior Product Manager for Ventilation and Purification Systems. Looking forward to a great discussion on indoor air quality and HVAC, what works out there in the real world. Chris deals with people on a daily basis, uh, a lot of mechanical contractors. So looking forward to a great discussion with him. Before we get started, let's thank our sponsors. They are the reason we can continue doing the show. Please thank them for their support of IAQ Radio Plus. Our marquee sponsor is Instascope at instascope.co. Our association sponsors are... The American Industrial Hygiene Association, AIHA.org. The American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists, ACGIH.org. The Cleaning Industry Research Institute, CIRIScience.org. The Indoor Air Quality Association, IAQA.org. The Restoration Industry Association, RestorationIndustry.org. The Institute for Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification, IICRC.org. Healthy Buildings America 2021, HB2021-America.org. Industry sponsors are AEML Laboratories, AEMLINC.com. Particles Plus, ParticlesPlus.com. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, GrayWolfSensing.com. TSI Inc. TSI.com. Sunbelt Rentals. SunbeltRentals.com. April Air. April AIRE.com. Healthy Indoors Magazine. HealthyIndoors.com. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnick at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man. Hello, everyone. Congratulations go out to Susan Valenti in Andover, Massachusetts, who was first to identify the late Howard Olansky as the highly respected journalist and publisher who is credited with helping advance the flooring industry. He published National Floor Trends, Floor Covering Installer, and ICS Cleaning Specialist. The IEQ radio trivia question for today, October 8, 2021, has been sponsored by TSI Inc., an industry leader in precision instrumentation for the monitoring of indoor air. Learn how to expand your IAQ investigations at TSI.com. Here's today's IAQ radio trivia question. Name the company from which former employees purchased patents and buildings to form the parent company of April Air. Back to you, Joe. Uh, good one, Cliff. All right, Chris Howell grew up in uh, working in the HVAC industry with his grandfather in North Texas. That experience led to 25 years in the trade. He spent most of his career in the field service technician, installer, comfort advisor, and owner of a business. After that, he spent some time as a technical service manager for a, and a trainer for a distributor of a major equipment line, and he started his career with April Air in 2015. He's filled multiple roles, 
as a district sales manager and regional manager, and now he is the senior product manager of ventilation and purification, and he has a great passion for building science and HVAC. Welcome, Chris. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Great to have you. Great to have you on the show. So you started out with your grandpa. You're actually from, I think it was Ohio. We talked before the show. Yeah. Um, and then you went down and spent time with your grandfather in North Texas when, when mom got tired of uh, trying to deal with you all summer when you weren't in school, huh? That's, that's it. That's it. She me down to Texas, and I had two choices. I could either stay home with grandma or go work with grandpa. So uh, that's, what, that's what started my career. I mean, I got to give so much credit and so much gratitude to him. Uh, he really paved the way, and he, he kind of showed me uh, what this industry is about. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for that. Good. You know, it's a great industry. You, you know, you're, you're the kind of guy we like to have. We, we, we do a lot of what we call research to practice shows. Today, I want to do a practice to research the guy out in the field. You know, we, we just had uh, Joe Stebrook on and we had Nate Adams on and we have a lot of, you know, college professors and so forth. But it's great to have somebody out in the field actually working with customers. And, and really, I think the biggest thing is you work with the HVAC installers a lot and, and you do training for them when they go out to a, a service call or to a to a home and they start to talk to the homeowner what's the biggest complaints about indoor air quality that homeowners have yeah and, and you're spot on with um where april air really helps and, and supports and that's why i'm grateful to have that opportunity to work for april air uh, aligning with what our industry does and how we do it and the biggest complaint that we often here, especially speaking from my technician days, is they think the temperature. It's, it's a temperature complaint that whether it's hot or cold spots throughout the house, or obviously you have a no heat or no cooling situation. They really don't, consumers don't really really understand the quality of air that is within the home that can add to comfort or health or even home preservation problems. And that's where from an industry standpoint and the passion to train technicians and sales consultants and even installers to be able to talk and educate our customers to help them see somewhat of the unseen. You know, how do you get them to change the the topic from just, you know, it's too hot or it's too cold, too stuffy, etc., to a, an actual discussion of how their system could help with their indoor air quality? It, it starts with the desire to want to understand your customer and asking the, the right questions. Uh, so that way, when you're walking through it, if you're there on a service call as a technician and you're walking through and it's, it's just a maintenance, it's asking the right questions. You know, how's the system performing for you? Do you have any concerns? Do you hear any odd noises? Um, does anybody in the home suffer from allergies or asthma or breathing problems? Um, you're going to start to set the seeds of the expectations of the service call versus just going in there and saying, okay, we're here. We're just going to check everything over. We're going to go through our, our bullet point checklist and we're good to go when we walk out. So that's where we have the opportunity the most in our industry is to educate ask the right questions and understand the needs and wants of a homeowner. You know, I'm in 
I call it pencil tucky here. We're kind of uh, right between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and, and Harrisburg. I'm up in the mountains and I talk to the HVAC local guys here and they really, all their, most of them anyway, their goal is to go in and fix whatever little problem they find, maybe change a system out from time to time. How do you, how do you get these guys interested in, you know, actually discussing indoor air quality as opposed to just going in and changing systems? Or maybe a better question is, do you find the same thing? And, and what contractors, how do they, you know, how do we differentiate those that, that actually are concerned with and discuss indoor air quality from the guys that are just, hey, we're going to go out and change equipment? That's, that's the tough question because we, we have both sides of a swinging pendulum of we have contractors that do a really, really good job. They take the time, they focus on the, on the desires uh, and the concerns of the homeowners. And then you've got the guys that fly in and fly out. They're in and out just as quickly as they pulled in the driveway. And it's the opportunity. And if there's one thing that we've just experienced – IEQ right now is at the forefront. If we're not rising up and, and teaching ourselves and understanding building science and how that's applicable to HVAC, we can even digress even further and talk about how homes are completely changing from new construction to where they were 20, 30 years ago. And how does that impact the HVAC industry? But we get so focused and narrow-minded where where a lot of it gets built off of, of, of opinions versus facts and saying, you know what, the customer, they just, they're not going to want that. They want me to come in there. They've got a 20 year old system and they just want me to quote the system. I'm just going to go with that. I'm not going to ask them any questions because then I've got to sit there and explain it. I've got to be more knowledgeable about what I need to talk about. Um, you know, people have the, the pop, the knowledge power now of the internet with just a quick click of a button. And that's where the passion and, and wanting to get better and rising up as an industry to be able to educate, do things like Nat, Nate was talking about uh, during your, your last episode with him of you know, more of that approach to a prescription based versus just approaching it as, Hey, we can give you a free quote. If you want a free quote, we're more than happy to do that if that's all you have a concern for. But there's so much more than just heating and cooling a home. You know, where they don't sell mechanical systems. They sell all the things that make the mechanical system work better or customize, essentially, that mechanical system to that home. How did they... Maybe you don't know, but how did they end up with that focus, you know, where they're looking at indoor air quality and, and frankly, before it became a big deal, uh, before people really were thinking as much about IAQ as they are today? Yeah, this goes this goes way back to the, to the 1950s when our first core product was the first effective whole home humidifier. Uh, we think, you know, us in the industry, we go back to a time, a period where we just had a big old monster gravity fed furnace that was cast iron and it, it just did its job. And some people with, even before that had wood burning stoves and they just boiled water. So we knew that the opportunity to start this indoor air quality um, 
aspect of the industry was relevant. So as we as we started to progress in offering from just a humidifier to air filtration, because as we moved into older furnaces, but now they have a belt drive motor. Well, now we know we need a filter. We got to start filtering that air as we're moving that air. And then as the industry has progressed into more energy efficiency, uh, it's really developed a holistic approach to the overall environment inside of a home. And that's what April Air excels at. We focus in on all of those attributes. We can control the heating and cooling equipment, but we can also offer those solutions that are above and beyond heating and cooling it that are going to build the comfort, build the ultimate health, create healthier homes, and then uh, preserve a home. You know, so it sounds like it came from humidification to filtration. And now I know you're also involved in, you know, controls. You've got thermostats and you've got um, more with respect to dehumidification. How recently was dehumidification a big segment of the April Air product line? I would say it was around the 2014-ish time period is when April Air started to get into the, the, the whole home professional level dehumidification systems. And every year we've continued to improve. I mean, this year alone, we just introduced all of our dehumidifiers as Energy Star rated. Uh, we're maximizing the capacity of, of the dehumidifiers, the capability of the dehumidifiers and reducing energy. And that's important, uh, depending on what we're, what we're trying to accomplish in a home. And that, that evolution in what historically, and Nate covered this really well in detail about how our old air conditioners were somewhat of a better dehumidifier than what our new systems are. And the need for professional level dehumidification is, is coming to the forefront. Our, the, you, we work a lot with HVAC contractors. Um, are they as aware of building science as, you know, our, our audiences, they're big into building science. They, you know, they know all about building science. I have found a mixed bag with HVAC contractors. Some of them are very knowledgeable about building science in general, others, not so much. What are you finding out in the field? I would agree with your assessment that um, HVAC contractors are now starting to have to realize that they need to understand building science. And and that's a passion of mine and where we get to go in and, and understand what they're trying to drive towards and open their portfolios because historically it was furnace air conditioner, maybe upgrade a filter, maybe throw a humidifier on depending on where you are in in the climates of the United States and just get in and get out. That was it. Um, But now more and more the building science for fresh air ventilation. And you know, that that's one of my core products and what I'm responsible for. I've got so many guys that come and or, companies that will not understand why we're tightening up a building just to cut a hole and bring fresh air in. They think it's it's just crazy, but we have to step back and and realize, okay, how are we really doing things for the better in this case? And that starts that step, that first step towards understanding the building science. You know, I'm curious with respect to the products that you sell, um, 
do you see more of these products being used uh, to supplement existing systems or is it more often they are sold to help uh, upgrade new systems? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, one thing that's always, and, and, and we'll re- kind of revert back to my technician days of, you know, walking into a house and seeing what's on the current system and, and not realizing that there isn't a humidifier there or they've got a poor filter. Um, I don't know if we can go to the slides really quick. On go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Slide number five is, is really relevant to what the industry sees on a daily basis. I mean, I bring this slide up in, in almost every training that I do. And every person, whether they're a technician, an installer, even the on the sales side, they're like, yeah, we see this stuff almost every day of the week. And when you think about this, it, it comes into the, all right, well, what do we do about it? Because there's a problem. And this is that making the unseen. Indoor air quality is, is to some points unseen. And how do we make that scene? Well, look at dirty blower housings. And the, and the one in the upper left is, is drywall dust. If you've got a new construction home and they've got to maintain a temperature to get the drywall compound to set, to get the paint to stick on the walls, they have to maintain temperature. But when they're going through the process of construction, you're sucking all that through. And if you don't have good filtration, all that's doing is really impacting the negativity of the equipment. And then existing blowers down on the bottom left there. Um, how does this stuff all happen? Well, this is the this is the step from from a technician or, or a comfort consultant and where we can start educating. And that's why it's so important for us is to start educating, to start including the homeowners. On that second one on the top, second from the left, what are we showing there, Chris? That is a what we call an easy trap. So that's you're coming off your evaporative coil for your air conditioning system. Mm-hmm. And you can see on the bottom there on the trap, it's clear. Now, a lot of times on a service side, you would get a call if there was a trap installed and the trap plugged up and then that condensation from your air conditioner would back up and it would create a lot of problems. So this company, uh, I can't remember, I can't remember exactly who manufactures that trap, but when they built that clear trap, now you can start to see when it's getting dirty and gunky. So you could take that little brush there, you can brush it out, you can flush it out with some, some water, and you move on. But what I love about that trap and thinking selfishly of the indoor air quality industry is, how did that thing get dirty? Well, yeah. it only gets dirty from the air that's moving through the equipment. And that dirt is all part of the, the quality of air that we breathe in a home. Gotcha. And then let's go across a little more. Uh, Let's talk about the next one. I think it's great to see these problems and then how you would suggest they solve it. You referencing that filter that's getting sucked into the blower? Yes. Yeah. I love this picture because these, these technicians, when, when I show them this, they're like, Oh my gosh, we see that all the time. And I go, okay, well, what do we do in that case? Do we run right back upstairs or, or, crawl down if we're in an attic and just go, Hey, you know what? You've got a problem with your filter up there. We need to, we need to replace the filter or you should go to the store and buy a new filter versus there's a real problem there. Number one, the filters in backwards. So it's not performing. And number two, when you start to see that filter get sucked in like that, you know, there's a serious pressure differential that you're creating and you're stressing the system out. Now that's a PSC blower. 
And in the airflow world, a PSC blower cannot overcome static pressure, so it slows down. So now we have an energy impact on top of poor airflow, on top of poor filtration. And, and you'll see what a technician will do is just go downstairs and say, hey, you need to, you, you need to get yourself a new filter. Not all of them. And, and by, by the way, just to kind of high level it, we're not talking to every contract out there. There's some really, really good contractors that do take the time to educate and walk through and step through this. You're going to get them to change that filter um, more often, I assume. I guess that's part of the problem there. And put part it in the, the right way. Put it in the right way, yeah. Point it the right way. Talk to them. Uh, you know, if I see this one-inch pleated filter, my question is, Is was that the original filter that was installed? Probably not. It was probably a one-inch fiberglass rock catcher type filter. And if they upgrade it, do you have a concern about the air that you're moving? And, and is there even something that's better, higher level, that will maximize airflow and provide that high level filtration? And there, and there absolutely is. What would you recommend they go to? Well, in this case, in, in educating the customer and understanding their desires, we can start talking about a high efficient filtration cabinet. Um, in, in the April Air world, we have many different sizes and options to make sure that we're meeting the airflow requirements. So we've got a good attainable pressure drop through the system. So we're not impacting that airflow. But then we're going to talk about the MERV level in being able to capture the particulate that may be causing some irritation to the homeowner, some discomfort. But the one thing I will tell you that April Air offers with just our air cleaner alone, we offer what's called a 10-year clean coil commitment. So if you, if you install a brand new system in your home and it has an April Air air cleaner on it, we're guaranteeing that that cooling coil that you see on the right, just right next to that filter, it's going to stay clean for 10 years. As long as it's installed correctly and it's maintained accordingly, we're going to guarantee it. We're putting our, our money on the table, and, and that's our guarantee and commitment to that. I got a, a text question here from a listener. Um, is Aperware working on designing ventilation equipment that has integral high-level filtration for both chemicals and fine particulates? That's an interesting question. I, I, I know it's probably it's more common with very sensitive people that they're worried about both chemical and particle filtration. How does April air see it? Is that something that's a, an area that you're looking at? When, when we think about the fresh air world that we live in and, and outdoor air is, is the outdoor air always cleaner than the indoor air? Well, the EPA classifies it could be two to five times uh, cleaner, the outdoor air than the indoor air. Uh, so when we're bringing that outdoor air, there's different methods of doing that. But the most effective way to make sure in any climate, with the exception of maybe wildfires, because that's that's a rare, that's the exception to the rule. Um, if we're bringing in that outdoor air, we want to make sure that we're filtering it. And we have a system that you can currently filter at a high efficiency rate. It comes with a standard MERV-8. But now if you've got a, an area that has high pollen, or there is chemicals that are being produced for some reason, we have a MERV-13 filter. So now we're maximizing the fresh air, bringing that outside area, but we're also filtering it at a high efficient rate. Then what we wanna do is we wanna take that, that outdoor air and we wanna mix it and condition it and blend it into the return 
and then it's getting filtered again. So if you have another high level filter, by the time that outdoor particulate or concern that you have, by the time it gets to you, it's pretty well conditioned, filtered, and, and, and taken care of to provide a positive health attribute to you. Hey, Joe, if, if I, may, I, I think the question, I, I, you know, I think you, you address part of it, which is this particulate. I think the other part of the question was the chemicals and, you know, filtration is not necessarily going to remove them. You know, you're going to need absorption or, or yep. something like that. Does April air offer, um, you know, absorption or you know, odor removal or chemical removal? No, Cliff, you're, you're spot on because when I was down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, working for April there, April air there, I had an inquiry from a contractor that there was a local manufacturing facility and it was, it came back from uh, a, a news article that this facility is releasing chemicals into the air. And they had a major concern that that was going to impact their health. So fresh air at that point is not so fresh. The filtration side in carbon-based media, using to your point, Cliff, that that absorption. What we what we did, and in, in I went to the engineers and said, "Hey, is is carbon a viable solution in this case to make sure that when we're moving the air through the HVAC equipment back into the home, that at least we have the chemical." absorption capabilities and and it came back that yes we do have that capability cool. very good okay hey there's let's go to the slide where you show all the different uh products there uh john i think uh now the the last toward the end there you go he, he actually set up my in um individual photos that's all right john we can do the individual photos too but um because there's a question about whether or not you're going to compete with the ventilating dehumidifiers from ultra air now Santa Fe. And I, I think that's what we're showing right here, Chris, isn't it? We are. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's a fair assessment here in, in the middle bottom picture, hmm. when you're talking about ventilating dehumidification. So your climate zones, you know, maybe one, a two, a three, a, really you can even teeter into the fours and the fives. Um, you have the outside concern for the humidity or the latent load that you're potentially bringing in. So that's where we step and start talking about providing the fresh air, but also dehumidifying that outdoor air. So that bottom middle picture allows for a very, very simple installation at the contractor level to provide both attributes. There's a plenum that's attached to our dehumidifier and that top smaller duct is your fresh air. So it's going directly outside and it's coming right into that plenum. On the bottom side there, you see a 10 inch, a larger duct. Now that's coming from the living conditions or the living air space from the home. We have a modulating damper system that one is normally closed, which is your fresh air six inch damper. The other one is opposite. It's normally open. So when we go through our logic with all of our onboard controls that are built into our dehumidifier, so you don't need any additional controls outside, it's all done right there in the dehumidifier. When we go through the ventilation sequence, we're gonna modulate that damper open, we're gonna close the space dehumidifier, and now we're, we're bringing and we're impacting a, a good amount of outdoor air, 
We're going to dehumidify that air when it's needed to be dehumidified. We're going to filter the air through the dehumidifier as well. And then we're going to provide it and mix it back into our whole home. It looks like, is that attic a conditioned attic? You're starting to see that a lot more down south in, in what, we're, what we're creating in conditioned environments. And yes, there are a lot of attics now that are all encapsulated that become part of the conditioned envelope. All right, Chris, let's look real quick at the photo on the right. Yep. Um, I want you to kind of walk us through what you're showing there in the photo. Oh, by the way, um, real quick question before we, does this allow for the, for the provision of positive pressure? It does. It does. That, that system is designed for positive pressurization of a home. April Air believes positive pressure uh, provides the most control, the most versatile setup in minimizing the impact that outdoor elements have on your home. Uh, we also have an ERV system. So if you're a little bit more on the passive home index or, or a very tight home or the northern climate zones where you do need ERV-based systems for ventilation. We do have that as well. But the majority uh, outside of that is all positive pressure-based. Gotcha. All right. I think what I want to do is take our uh, halftime break right here. And then when we come back, I want to go into the next photo, which showed um, humidification, which is something we don't talk enough about, I think. Uh, we'll be right back after we thank our sponsors. We've got Chris Howes from April Air, our marquee sponsor, Instascope. More jobs done faster with the future of IAQ assessment technology, unlimited samples instant results, and cloud-based data at instascope.co. Association sponsors are AIHA, Healthy Workplaces, A Healthier World, AIHA.org, ACGIH, Advancing Careers of Professionals in Environmental Health, Industrial Hygiene, and Safety, Interested in Defining Their Science, ACGIH.org, The Cleaning Industry Research Institute, See More Deeply Through Science and Research, CIRI science.org the indoor air quality association iaqa.org the restoration industry association the granddaddy of the restoration industry restorationindustry.org the iicrc a nonprofit standards development and certifying body for the cleaning and restoration industry iicrc.org healthy buildings america Honolulu, Hawaii, January 18 through 20, 2022. HB2021-America.org. Industry sponsors are AEML Laboratories. Free shipping, great pricing, same-day results with no rush fee. AEMLINC.com. Particles Plus. Feature-rich particle counters and air quality instrumentation. Count on us. Particles Plus. Com. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, over 20 years manufacturing accurate, reliable IAQ instrumentation for portable, short-term, and continuous monitoring. GrayWolfSensing.com. TSI Inc., an industry leader in precision instrumentation for monitoring indoor air. 
Learn how to expand your IAQ investigations, TSI.com. Sunbelt Rentals, availability, reliability, and ease for all your IAQ and restoration needs at sunbeltrentals.com. April Air, healthy air, healthy home, April, A-I-R-E.com. And Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online magazine for industry professionals and consumers, healthyindoors.com. All right, we're back with Chris Howes. He's the April Air. Uh, let's see, I lost your title there, Chris, but uh, he's a senior he's, product he, manager, ventilation and purification system. Thank you, Cliff. That's why we work so well together, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's go to that that slide, John, that showed the different systems. I want to yeah focus on this one for a minute because humidification is something that a lot of indoor air quality people, I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you, a lot of times we just go in and tell them, just shut the thing off. If you're not going to maintain it, shut the damn thing off because all you're doing is causing problems in here. Let's talk a little bit about humidification, Chris. What do we have here? What are we seeing? What are the main types of humidification available? Joe, before we get into that, I got to reiterate what you said. We have to maintain these systems. They're, They're not an install and never have to touch them again. You have, you have the water that's in there. You have a water panel that's in that specific unit that will, that will break down here in a second. But that yearly maintenance is absolutely critical, for not only health reasons, but for performance. We want to make sure that we're maximizing the investment that that customer made. So thank you for bringing that up. All right. The picture is that was from one of our, our partnered contractors up in the Toledo, Ohio market. And we were out on a job site together and I thought, wow, what a fantastic installation in what they did in this home. This was a new construction home as well. But up in that upper right-hand side, you'll see a April Air Model 700 evaporative style humidifier mounted on the supply duct. That is a fan-powered unit. And just a quick overview, the fan-powered unit has a water panel on on the inside of it. And then you've got a solenoid valve that allows, we recommend hot water. We recommend hot water to go through there. That's going to maximize the absorption of the humidity into the air as quickly as possible. And then at that point, we're going to cascade down this water panel and provide that humidification that's needed. And that's blowing right into your main supply trunk. Um, what about interior line duct work? Do you see it much? Do you have issues with that? We'll, we'll see that from different regional applications. Uh, you go down into the southeast, you got a lot of duck board. You know, duck right. is not going to really be a great option of, of being rigid to hold a humidifier. So you might have to build a metal plenum and then insulate the metal plenum. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the evaporative humidifiers, where they're effective, and, and maybe other options throughout the United States. Because in the Midwest, we can we can speak selfishly, and I think you've probably got viewers that are all over the United States, and right. we can kind of pigeonhole ourselves, and I don't want to do that. Um, where we have a lot of gas-fired forced air systems, an evaporative humidifier is very effective because we have the heating, we have a high temperature in the plenum, we've got really good absorption, of the evaporative nature into the unit. But we start to work our down into maybe the Southeast 
I was in Atlanta this week down there and they don't have the extended run times like we do in the north or, or in the Midwest even. They also have a lot of heat pump systems, which now that lowers your supplier temperature. So you're gonna need something that's gonna be very effective at creating humidity. And that's where steam humidification comes in. Steam humidification provides that humidity and absorbs pretty quickly in a, in a short distance, depending on that airborne temperature. Um, and it's super effective in those climates because it's not as much relying on the production side because the steam is generating it versus in the back of its style. Quick question. What is the white coating on the water panels? And when it degrades into a powder, why is that? That's a great, I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on the maintenance side, that's the first, you open up the door and all the powder starts to fall down. Yeah. Um, I always assumed it was salt of some kind, but I don't know. <laughs> do I know the exact chemical composition? I don't, but it's a conditioning agent that is, that is um, coated on that panel that when and if you ever looked at a water panel, they're cupped. So that way, when that water is cascading down, that water is held on that cup. And there's probably thousands of cups on a water panel that that water is held on that cup. And it's that's where the humidification process. So the conditioning agent on that allows for accelerated humidity production. What is not used or what eventually dries out because it's not being used through that season kind of washes down and it can get blown around um, during the off season. And that's what you end up seeing there. So it's just, that's all maintenance. And that's why uh, when we open this conversation up on this topic, maintenance is critical. Clean it up, take it out, replace that water panel. Make sure you're using a OEM April air water panel because there's a lot of off market ones that don't fit exactly the same and can create a really, really bad experience uh, in your system. Let me ask this on the price, um, steam versus uh, evaporative type of, uh, of humidific humidification. What's the cost difference? There, there's two different cost differences, quite honestly. There is the initial cost of the humidifier, and then there's the operating cost of the humidifier. Um, one other consideration of cost is basic principles of air, if I'm adding humidity to the air, I can feel more comfortable at a lower temperature, a lower dry bulb temperature. So there's that relation to also what we feel as humans uh, in relation to that. But going back to the specific products and individually, a evaporative style humidifier is a lower cost and it has a lower operating cost because it's running off of 120 volts for that fan power, very low amp draw, a 24 volt solenoid valve. Bypass humidifiers only have a 24 volt solenoid valve. Again, it goes back into what's the best product for that application and what we're trying to accomplish. The steam unit to maximize its performance can be operated at 120 volts. It could be operated at 208 volts and it can also be operated at 240. Now, steam, the way we generate steam is with an electrode-based canister. We want maximum power for the maximum potential of performance of generating steam. So volts, 
times amps gives us power, which is wattage. So 240 volts, we have an 11 and a half option or a 16 amp option. You have maximum potential of 34.6 gallons a day. Now, before anybody freaks out, <laughs> we're not going to produce 34.6 gallons and make it rain in the house. We could in the right condition, but we want to have make sure that we have the right control. So what we could do is if we have a higher level of humidity output, we're just going to raise the, the humidity level faster than we would with maybe a marginally sized humidifier. But what you said in why people disconnect or don't think that it works is oftentimes we think that, hey, one model number will fit every house, every application. And that's not true. So we have to make sure that we have the right humidifier because if we undersize a humidifier, it's just going to keep on running and running and running and running to try to reach that relative humidity set point. And it may not get there depending on that home. Okay. Interesting. John, let's go back to that slide again. I want to look at some of these other products. I didn't realize that um, Aperware also sells the filters and it looks like um, you're recommending a higher level of filtration. Let's see. Uh, maybe yeah, that one right there, John, pull that one up on the left. Uh, what do we got here, Chris? Oh, there you go. Better yet. Uh, on on the support side, when we get into the filtration side, I even take one step back before we start talking about those filters specifically. Okay. We have to talk about airflow because our systems are designed around airflow. If we have the right airflow, that system is going to perform as it's, as it's manufactured too. If we don't size and use the correct filter, then we're going to have all kinds of problems. It doesn't matter what the performance of the filter is. So one of the things that we want to make sure of is that we're filtering the air based on the needs of a homeowner, the protection of the equipment, but then we're also maximizing airflow. And one of the things that we do, um, John, if you can go to the slide where it shows a character that's in blue, he's kind of got his hand on his chin. I get this go. all the time. That one right there. I get this all the time. But Chris, you know, you guys restrict. You're a thicker filter. You restrict more of the air. And, and the thought is right. But I have to instantly say, don't consider it a thick filter. An April air filter is not thick, it's deep. So when you cut that filter open, you can see you have 27 square feet of surface area for filtration and maximum airflow versus a one inch filter that has just a little over three square feet. So this is that surface versus that depth loading on a technical side that now we can offer a higher level MERV rating which the industry has said from, from this pandemic, MERV 13 is a great start, but MERV 16 is even better. But I get contractors that tell me, nope, MERV 16 is not going to work, Chris. It restricts too much air. And, and they're right. It does restrict too much air. But make sure you're sizing the cabinet according to the right pressure drop. And we publish all that in, in our, in our uh, information, in our installation manual in our product guides. We give you all that. So it's properly designed. Okay. All right. And then you're one of the few people that, that offers a MERV 16. From the residential side. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this, there, there are other manufacturers that, that produce MERV 16s, 
but it comes back to number one, the pressure drop. We have some of the lowest pressure drops for media-based filters in the industry. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the protection and the guarantee that we're offering, not only to the piece of equipment, but what we're offering to the quality of air in that homeowner's home and what they're breathing. Chris, we're, we're talking about all these nice improvements to indoor air quality. I'm just wondering how, how well is that being accepted by the guys that are out there doing this kind of work? Is, do you see more acceptance today than you have in the past? I would, yes, I would definitely say more and more of these contractors are really seeking the benefits to number one, what we do organizationally and supporting them and their business, but then having the product follow right behind us to maximize their system. It's their name. Their name is what's being put out there in no matter what manufactured brand that they're installing. And the April Air products in being able to Focus in on the indoor air quality attributes of heating, cooling, controlling the moisture, fresh air ventilation, filtration, you know, temperature from zoning, all those different attributes to the pillars of the indoor environment is where, where we focus and what we're passionate about. Something we haven't talked a whole lot about is the, the, the control of all these things, your, your thermostat. I don't, I don't know if we have a, a graphic or one of those slides we want to pull up to kind of show uh, what you're doing that's a little different. Yeah, number, um, I think it's the second slide, John. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I use this as where, where do the homeowners have the most complaints? Well, they know the most complaints come from the thermostat that, that puts it right in front of them. They see the temperature. They feel the temperature. Um, so we have control options in, in doing just that. But, you know, you've got the basic setup that a lot of us like basic controls because it eliminates a lot of frustrating calls of programming and you know, all that other stuff that you can put there. But that control on the right, when you start to add uh, uh, John to all the, or uh, sorry, Joe, to all of these attributes, when we're building this healthier home, this healthy air system, you start to add all of these control logics and oh my goodness, the wiring can get really crazy. Well, we offer a very simple control option that will allow all of your connection points to all of the indoor air quality components. So if you have a humidifier and a dehumidifier, you're controlling both ends of your moisture control. We can do that really simply through our thermostat. Air cleaning. Air cleaning is driving the blower operation because what good is having a filter, a high efficient filter, if the blower is not running? It's not doing anything, just sitting there. So we have that air cleaning function that gives options to run your blower. And then the fresh air, what we've been talking about and providing that outdoor element in the dilution of the poor quality of air inside and making a positive impact. So we can put it all right in one spot. So it's easy to install, but easy to control. And it's all Wi-Fi based, Google Home, Apple, all those other things that, that are out there as well. All right, let's go to the roundup, Joe. The Roundup is brought to you by April Air, providing healthy humidity, ventilation, and air purity solutions for new and existing homes. April Air, healthy air, healthy home at aprilaire.com. All right, Cliff, let me jump, turn it over to you, see if you have any thoughts or any additional questions. 
I don't at this point. I'm just inviting everybody to continue uh, this conversation uh, on our afterthoughts part. There were just so many uh, great comments, and and we're going to grab all those, and I'll, I'll have John post them, and you know we can kind of talk to Chris and continue the uh, discussion offline. But uh, great stuff, great stuff. Excellent. All right, Chris, let's go back to that last photo, John, the last one that had like the different. Uh, you know, five or six different systems all on one page there, one picture. There we go. All right. What did we miss on here, Chris? I want to make sure we covered everything on here. On the left, it looks like we've got uh, – let's let's let you go down through the systems. Yeah, the the, the pictures, you know, we, we've talked about the one on the right that showed the complete installation. Um, I, I think a touch point on that one, I'm talking about the one on the right again with the humidifier on the upper right side. You can see you got a couple pieces of – flexible duct coming down into the dehumidifier. And I think that's an important touch point to say the dehumidifiers are versatile in many different ways. And what we're trying to accomplish to, to provide the dehumidification to the home. And when we fully ducted it, like they have in this picture, we're really using the HVAC equipment to dehumidify in a whole home application. But oftentimes, and especially in the Midwest and down south, where you walk in or walk down to the basements or even in a crawl space, you start to feel that temperature change. It starts to feel uh, a little more humid, damp, and it's, it even smells a little bit. You can simply just freestand a professional level dehumidifier. You can move upwards of four to six times the amount of air through that same unit at the same energy. So you're really making a huge impact to the overall environment, to the home, depending on how you want to use that dehumidifier. So I always stress that in dehumidifier trainings, what are we trying to accomplish with a professional high-end dehumidifier? I'm glad you brought that up. I I wanted to mention that, you know, these, I call them ventilating dehumidifying filtration units because they, they do all three so well. And sometimes you can tie them into the mechanical system, but, I find in, in my area, I don't have a mechanical system, number one. I, I use a, a pellet stove and I've got some some baseboard heat. You know, the, it's all electric based. Um, so I couldn't tie the dehumidification system, ventilating, dehumidifying, filtering system into my mechanical system. April Air has the same. You, you can do the same thing with April Air, right? You can let them stand alone, put in your own ductwork as you need it and um, have it run separate from your mechanical system. Absolutely. We can do that. We could tie in, like you said, the ductwork to pull from a couple areas of a basement and push into a couple areas. It, it's really a versatile system and what we can design around. Okay. That was a good, I think that's an interesting point. Now let's go back to that graphic, John. Yeah. The one picture in the middle top there, that was, so th- that was a video that I produced with my son in our, in our home back in March of last year. And if we all think back to March of last year, we know that that's when the pandemic really struck us. We were all pretty much stuck in our home working from home. And what I realized is that there was a lot of other things, products that were making some really bold claims in what they were able to do specifically at virus mitigation. And my home is a three, actually it's four years old now. I didn't have a fresh air system. So when you talk about mitigating 
and you talk about dilution and VOCs. What is, what is the industry even saying? The industry has said and studies have been found that fresh air ventilation, high efficient filtration and controlling the moisture are the three key components to keeping your, your conditions in your own home as healthy as possible. So the ventilation side and not a lot of people understanding what is fresh air and why fresh air. I put one in my own house. We took my phone and my iPad and we put a little video together. You can find it under the April Air YouTube page of how to install a unit, what it's doing, how you control it, how you set it up. So really from an education standpoint uh, for that fresh air dynamic. Gotcha. This, this photo on the left here. Um, yeah. What is the blue dial up there? I, I can't see it that well. Is that a, a humidifier or is that something different? Yeah, that was an install I did uh, probably about eight years ago down in Ashland, Ohio. And you could see even prior to me working for April Air, I was using April Air products. So it was a great fit for me. Uh, but <laughs> it has a humidifier on the left-hand side. You kind of see it sticking off that supply duct there. And that I is the humidistat. It's an auto control. So that has a automatic feature where based on my outdoor temperature, I'm driving my indoor to the right relative humidity in the relation to that. And that's on your return duct. That is on the return duct. And we're measuring the conditions in the returns. So we're measuring the blended relative humidity through the whole home. We're not just hanging on a wall somewhere. Although we have that option. If you want to target a specific area, we can do that as well. But on the return drop, we're, we're mixing the blended return air, which is a good, a, a good system approach to maximizing performance of a humidifier. Cliff, let me turn it over to you. Yeah, I did. You know, uh, something that you said, Chris, uh, you know, just, just, you know, lit, uh, you know, lit a flame with me uh, about all these claims that all these companies were making about COVID and virus control and, 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 and so on and so forth. So it seems to me that, um, you know, and, and I'm just making an assumption because I don't know, and you can correct me if, if I'm wrong. You know, it seems to me that April Air is kind of belt and suspenders and is, you know, kind of stuck with, with the basic things. And, you know, you're not producing ionizers and you're not uh, producing ultraviolet lights and you're not producing, uh, you know, hydroxyl machines and, 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 and so on and so forth. And I guess number one is my assumption correct. And uh, you know, can you comment on you know some of those crazy uh, you know claims that that you and everyone else uh, has seen? Yeah, it's we continue April Air as a organization continues to look at what the industry has been proven to work, and and we know that as what we call the ASHRAE standards. Mm -hmm. um, Filtration, temperature, humidity, fresh air, all of them have, in some cases, multiple ASHRAE standard designations. And that's what we're going to stick to, the science, the data, the facts, and what works in a home. And all of those have been proven to do so. Um, some of those other products, to, to some extent, haven't been proven. They've been proven by third-party verification, which is part of the process, but to truly put them into a home and, and maximize, or excuse me, not maximize, but to understand what they're doing in their performance is somewhat unknown. And, and that's where, from an organization, we're not going to step into that at, at any point soon. We're going to stay to true what, what we know works, 
what's a natural process in creating healthier homes. Thank you. Let me, let me ask you real quick. You've mentioned climate a few times here, and, and one of the climates we don't probably talk as much about as, as, as I would like is these hot, dry climates. You worked in North Texas. North Texas is unique. I don't think a lot of people realize you've got four different climate zones that, that you know, you can, you, you actually got some cold climate, you've got some hot, dry climate, you've got some mixed humid climate, you got a little bit of everything. What do you recommend with respect to hot, dry climates, desert air. Yeah, that's, and that's how we move, right? That's how you move throughout the United States. You look at the climate base. We're not going to sit here and tell you that this is the best solution in, in what you do. Let's understand what the climate is. Let's understand what our consumers are. And with that, I mean, out in the deserts, um, we're, we're humidifying during air conditioning season because the air is already so dry. You have to have that cooling attribute, but now we need to, to add some moisture to the air. Uh, so we've, we've got some different approaches depending on what we're doing. Our controls also give us the capability of being able to limit based on outdoor temperature, outdoor humidity. So the controllability and where I love from, from an industry standpoint, whether you have a brand new house or you have an old existing home, how do we get it? to be a controlled environment. And, and we have calculations, we can do manual J's, D's and S's all day long. But when we look at what is true to that environment inside the home and what the needs and desires are, it has to start number one, where the region is, and what they're trying to accomplish for their own health and comfort as well. I, I had a, well, you know what, before we go, is there anything we missed that you'd like to add, Chris? No, I, I think we did. We covered a lot. And in this indoor air quality discussion, um, you know, it can be extrapolated in many different ways. And whether we focus in one attribute over the other, just understand that they're all important. They're all important to the environment of the home. But, but understanding the customer first, instead of trying to come in here and say this or that or the other thing or promote something that you're not 100% sure and what it's even doing, take the time. If you're a contractor, invest in the training. And if you need help and support in that, I would say from an April Air standpoint, we have some of the best support that's out there in providing that level of training alignment with what you're trying to accomplish to help you educate your customers. Chris, thank you. We really appreciate having you join us. Uh, great job. Excellent show. Uh, a lot of practical information for people out in the field, and that's what we need more of. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity to join you. All right. This is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks to Chris Howes, my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Slotnick. John, you got to have faith at the controls. And I want to mention next week, we've got John Mohausen, the uh, Dr. John Mohausen is the president of AIHA, and we've got Larry Sloan, their executive director. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, AIHA and, and some of the, uh, I think, the, uh, the focus of the president this year, Dr. Mohausen. So looking forward to that. I also want to thank our growing group of loyal listeners. Check out the Afterthoughts, IAQ, it's afterthoughts.iaqradio.com. We'll continue the conversation there, and we'll see you next Friday at noon with the next episode of IAQ Radio Plus. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening.